This podcast of the Model Health Show is presented to you by Sean Stevenson with Rare Gym Productions. For more information, visit the SeanStevensonModel.com. Welcome to the Model Health Show. This is fitness and nutrition expert Sean Stevenson here with my amazing and gorgeous. I just noticed today she has fantastic teeth, <laughs> Jade. <laughs> Harrell, my co-host. How are you doing today? What's good, Sean? What's up? How What's are you? Happening. I am skin-sational Skin-sational? Mm-hmm. Ooh. Tell me about it. It feels sensational to be in this skin mm. today. I'm going <laughs> to I'm gonna applaud for that one. That was fantastic. Uh-huh. I like it. I like it. It made me feel nice. <laughs> right, well, everybody, thank you so much for tuning into the show today. We've got an amazing show lined up for you guys. A great, great guest. And we're going to have a great time. But first, I want to share a little story really oh, please quickly. Do. Can I share a story? Can I, I tell you something? Stories. You want to hear something? I'm a story I took a listener. different way in today, yeah. which is always good for your brain to mm-hmm. take a different route. Mm. So I took old Highway 44, oh, or my. some people in Missouri might say Farty Far, maybe Farty Far. So <laughs> I took this other highway in, and I drove past this strip that I used to drive past quite a bit mm-hmm. back when we used to take field trips. In school, like in middle school. Do you remember field trips, man? Oh, I loved field trips. What's better trips. than a field trip? Nothing. You know, and that just is this innate thing, desire within all of us to want to get out of the classroom, you yeah. know, but shout out to that, <laughs> right. you know, but just, I remember every time we take a field trip, you know, cause my school was out in uh, the Rockwood school district, mm-hmm. but would be over this way somewhere, whether it was like, you know, the science center right. or the, the St. Louis zoo or something mm-hmm. like that. Of course. And we'd always stop at this McDonald's. Right there, all right, on Hampton. So today I drove past and it just it reminded me of those kind of good feelings. Yeah. And it just, it's really important for me to uh, share this with you guys today that food is so intimately connected to mm-hmm. memories, you know, and that experience. And sometimes we get caught up in the nostalgia. Yeah, we do. And we miss on the fact that we're hurting ourselves because of we're trying to, in some weird way, get mm-hmm. back that feeling mm-hmm. of that time, you know, that time when. That's but now, cool. so we had that ice cream with our dad when we were five and it was the best time. And then, you know, dad, we went off to the military, whatever. Yeah. And then today we're sitting there by ourselves eating the Hagen dazs right. and we're just like. Because the story's still attached. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's powerful. But then also another part of that was. It was McDonald's. Then I drove past the Taco Bell I used to go to. <laughs> That's all of that, yeah. The uh, Jack in the Crack, yeah. a.k.a. Jack in the Box, <laughs> uh, the Steak and Shake. It's yeah. just like, what are we doing? Mm-hmm. You know, and it just hit me when I was driving in today that everybody right now, you guys are all agents for good. Yeah. And we're changing things. We're changing the paradigm right now with how we are associating with food because mm-hmm. I, I'm telling you in my view the lines are shorter sure. at these places and also people we just had on Vani Hari recently mm-hmm. who is changing the, the food industry you know yeah. changing the way that they are uh, putting the different ingredients of their food taking things out that are not advantageous to our health which mm-hmm. but still bottom line for me my mission is just don't go there yeah. you know we're yeah. gonna get off the drive through diet if I see you in the drive through <laughs> You're gonna come we're gonna have trouble. The car. We're gonna have trouble. <laughs> gonna so, like, what is that guy doing? But, I'm saving her life. <laughs> Stand back, man. So it's just it really hit me that wow. You know we've every street. You know every major street mm-hmm. in America is like Subway, Taco mm-hmm. Bell, McDonald's, mm-hmm. Jack in the Box, Subway, yeah. Taco Bell. Yeah. And we've got to cut the cord. You know, and make sure we're investing our dollars wisely. Don't even go in there unless you're going pee. Like, you really got to pee bad. <laughs> right. All right. Just don't invest even a dollar on even in a quote right. healthy solid, you know, until they get their act Dying together. Time. And yeah. uh, invest in companies. And, I, and just a shout out to everybody who's doing big things to create more sustainable 
conscious, organic food sources to get, quote, fast food. And then also uh, we were pioneering this slow food movement as well and get connected to how beautiful that experience can be. Yeah, I so. appreciate what you shared in, in several ways. One, that you even know what those places are. So yeah. you did have a life before your, your oh, superhero. Man. The <laughs> secret status. life of. That's right. Yeah. That's right. But that you, too, shared those feelings that you've been through that. See, the thing is, you're further removed. But some of us still, you know, you yeah. see them and you get I mean, it's almost like Pavlov. Yeah. And you're saying, no, this isn't me. Why am I salivating over that? I don't want it. Right. You know, the secret life of biology. You know, the McDonald's pie, that apple pie, get two Mm -hmm. for a dollar. Mm -hmm. Come on. Exactly. Then, no more. We're surrounded by it that (laughs) at every turn we will be dealing with that temptation and that affront. Yes. Is how we probably should look at it. I thank you so much. And everybody, thank you. I appreciate you so much for being a part of this. And Jade, especially you. Thank you. And really helping to pioneer this movement that's happening. And it's just like it became so clear to me. I was driving down the strip, mm-hmm. right, the strip of food uh, devastation yeah, this right. morning and just conjured up a lot field. of things. So I want to share that. With you. Right, right. Don't step on that. Step on a crack and break <laughs> yeah, your own back. That's right, that's All right. So everybody, thank you again for tuning in. Uh, really quickly, I'm going to give you a shout out to our amazing show sponsor, oh, Onnit.com. Yeah. Head over to onnit.com forward slash model. And you're going to get 10% off all of your health and human performance supplements. I'm on it today. Yes, just sir. today, I had the MCT oil, the infused MCT oil, what emulsified flavor? strawberry, of course, okay. with my lion's mane tea. And I had some, they also have just the the, the ordinary, if mm-hmm. it can be even be called ordinary, mm-hmm. uh, MCT oil. I had some of that in there as well. And uh, just just a staple in my house. I've got all the <laughs> all of the Onnit products, yeah. even their fitness equipment, their Primal Bells. Mm-hmm. They're fantastic. <laughs> Every time I walk by my garage, like I just have to pick them up and do something, yeah. a couple of swings or you it. know snatches or something. You know, they're amazing. <laughs> and the the clubs, the maces. This is the company that really got that stuff out there. Mm-hmm. You know, it's on it and. Anything that you can do to invest in yourself and invest in this brand would be amazing. Mm-hmm. So head over, check them out. ONNIT.com sure. forward slash model for 10% off. Hemp Force Protein, That's by the it. way, got to get on that, guys. Get on the Hemp Force Protein. Edestin, albumin, soft globular protein, very digestible, feels good, tastes good. You're not going to get any weird digestive. <laughs> no, I don't want to smell that. Yeah, Nobody right. wants to smell that. All right, so check them out, all right? Or hear it. On it.com forward slash model. Now let's get into iTunes review of the week. Okay, this one says, Science, Wisdom, Warmth, and Grace. Five stars. Dear Sean and Jade, it's a special feat that you are able to deliver such an array of wealth and value in this podcast. The depth of knowledge informed by wisdom of experience is offered up in such an integrated, effortless way that I always come away from your shows retaining so much information. It doesn't stop there, though. Your sweetness and grace is such a healing thing unto itself. This is the model shining light show. Mm. And thank you. Oh, man. That's I from know, the foodie alchemist. I know. I just <laughs> turned a little red. Oh, yeah. Blushing a little. Thank you so uh-huh. much for that. I appreciate it. Truly. I felt the warmth from that. I appreciate that, too. Thank you again. What's the name again? Foodie Alchemist. Foodie Alchemist. Shout out to the name. I'm saying as well. Right? Wonderful. Get down, get down. Everybody, thank you for leaving these reviews over on iTunes. Truly, truly do appreciate it. And on that note, let's get to our special mm-hmm. guest. Our guest today is Jay Papazan. And Jay, yes. <laughs> and Jay is a best selling author and co owner alongside his wife, Wendy of Papazan Properties Group with Keller Williams Realty in Austin, Texas. Shout out to Austin. That's where On It is, headquarters, On It HQ. His most recent work with Gary Keller on The One Thing, 
this is the guy, guys. Uh-huh. The one thing we so everybody's hearing that. about yeah. <laughs> has garnered more than 238 appearances on the national bestseller list, including number one on the Wall Street Journal bestseller list. And Jay serves as Gary Keller's co-author and executive editor on best-selling titles, including The Millionaire Real Estate Agent and The One Thing, The Surprisingly Simple Truth Behind Ex- Extraordinary Results, mm-hmm. which is just a fantastic book, and several other books. Before joining Keller Williams Realty, Jay served as an editor at HarperCollins Publishers, where oh, he wow. worked on such best-selling books as Body for Life by Bill Phillips and Go for the Goal by Mia Hamm. And as you can see, the intimate connection to mm-hmm. nutrition and fitness for a very long time. Mm-hmm. And I'd like to welcome to the Model Health Show, my friend Jay Papazan. How are you doing today, man? I am doing awesome. I'm so excited to be here. <laughs> We're this excited is, to have you. It's been a long time coming, man. And we've been talking for a bit and having some conversations. And wow. And the crazy thing was, when you had first initially contacted me, I heard your name like 10 times that week. And this is just the, the <laughs> law of the universe and people saying, have you heard the one, of the one thing? Are you reading the one thing? And it just it was everywhere. And this book has just become a phenomenon, man. And since we've been talking a little bit and even just kind of getting to know you and hear more about you and where you're coming from, I'm really curious, man, with your experience back at HarperCollins and working with like Body for Life and even with Mia Hamm's book, who Mia Hamm's one of the biggest known soccer players in the history of soccer yes you know tell me a little bit about what got you interested in all of that stuff man kind of the the writing world and also then kind of transitioning to personal development well you know it's like i think i tried to write my first book when i was like 11 or 12 i borrowed like an old-fashioned typewriter put it like on a you know a card table in my room and tried to rip off the hobbit so like (laughs) books have always been a thing for me and it wasn't, I didn't acknowledge it as a calling. Like I, I wrote short stories in high school and passed them around the lunch table to make people laugh. Um, I got a degree in English. I worked in bookstores. I even worked as an editor at HarperCollins, right? Like I was wow. always around books. And what I really wanted to do is be a writer. And it really took leaving New York, you know, because mm-hmm. I was having a good career as an editor there. Moved to Austin and, you know, the long story short, like I kept taking these jobs to make ends meet. And my wife said, why do you keep introducing yourself as a research director or whatever that is? You know, you're a writer. And I met a guy who introduced himself that way. It was an old friend of hers. She goes, I know a writer I want you all to meet. And I said, so I hear you're a writer. Where have you been published? And he'd never been published anywhere. Not, not even in a journal. Hmm. And I remember like struggling with this, like how can you call yourself a writer if you haven't been published? And my wife, always the wisest person in the family, just said, Jay, it's not your title, it's what you are. Wow. And like that was a huge turning point for me is just to start, I'm a writer. And then like within months of that, like that epiphany that that's who I am, I found out that the chairman of the board of this real estate company where I was writing newsletters, I was in the tech department, he was writing a book and I introduced myself to him in the bathroom. Just said, Gary, I hear you're writing a book. Do you remember I used to work in publishing? And he did a double take and (laughs) called me into his office and lo and behold, he had laid out five books that were some of his favorite self-help books and two of them were books I'd edited, Mia Hamm's Go for the Goal and Bill Phillips' Body for Life. I'd edited both of those books. I showed him my name in them and like complete change of trajectory for my life. Like within a week, I was writing The Millionaire Real Estate Agent with him. We wrote it in 90 days. That book's gone on to sell almost a million copies. So wow. identity, I guess, if that's the long answer to your question, is like I just kind of finally admitted that all of this affinity for books 
was about more than just being around them. I wanted to create them. Wow, that's a fantastic story, man. And <laughs> that is a life-changing story. Watch what comes out of that. Exactly. And I, everybody just catch, catch the, the, the spirit of that and the, and the message in there of like being clear and, and claiming who you are, you know, because like you said, within a matter of days, weeks, those special moments manifest and, you know, opportunity presents itself. But sometimes we're just not aware of it because mm-hmm. we're so dissected in our thinking. You know, it might happen in a random men's bathroom, you know, which <laughs> yeah. is an interesting place to meet a well, guy. Right. You know, it was already interconnected. Eyes forward, Gary. That's right. Eyes forward. <laughs> we'll talk about this outside. So I finally yes. admitted that that's what I was because the rest was already waiting. Yeah. But, you know, we do this with our kids. Like we don't want our kids to say, you know, I'm the late person or I'm not good at math. You know, like I'll correct my daughter and I'll say, oh, you're not good at math yet. Mm-hmm. Right. Yes. Because I don't want her to self-identify as something that she she doesn't have to be. Yeah. So I think the words we say to ourselves matter a lot might be the bigger lesson in that. And, you know, we're better with our kids sometimes than with ourselves. Absolutely, man. So, Jay, I really <laughs> want to talk about the one thing. And I'm, I'm curious if you can share. Of course, I've, I've got the book and I've just devoured it. Um, but what is the underlying idea behind the one thing? And why do you think it's so important in our world today? You know, I look up and you know, the, the idea came from, you know, uh, an essay Gary wrote for like a course in our company. And he called it The Power of One. And I remember with all my publishing experience going, wow, like this is our good to great. Like this is the thing that he's truly built his empire from. This idea of identifying the priority that matters most and actually working on it. And I look around And with all the things that are exploding around us, you know, all this technology. I mean, I just like I was trying to explain to my kids that I grew up with four channels on the TV and a rotary phone. And that's just world is alien to them. Everything happens faster now. And I think we have so many opportunities and we have a lot of obligations. And I think most of us run around and we're like a character in a B-horror movie. We just make horrible decisions because we're reacting to the world instead of identifying our priorities and and doing what we need to do, right? So I think that the time is absolutely right for a book that helps us say no to stuff and more importantly, say yes to what matters. And so that's what got us excited about it is because we saw the hectic lives that our friends were living, that we were living and thought, can we provide a simple solution for people, something that's practical that they can apply to their lives so they can, you know, not necessarily simplify. It's not the simplify movement, but it's about get in touch with their priorities. Yeah, man. And that's the thing. It's, it's really, it's, it's not necessarily priorities. Mm -hmm. It's priority, you know, and focusing on that. It's not about doing everything. It's about doing the right thing, yes. you know? Yeah. And that's just a truism that we all kind of internalize as this intellectual idea, but we don't live it. Yeah. Sure. That's, what, that's one of the biggest things that I highlight in the book is that uh, success is about doing the right thing. It's not about doing everything right. Mm-hmm. And so I think a lot of us get caught up in this world today where there's so many people doing wonderful things in different areas that we're trying to be outstanding in all those things you know and trying to do everything right and that oftentimes disables us sure you know well that s added on to it as priorities as well because if these are all so important if all of these things are so important i'm given my very all at least i think i am in each of these things yeah but then that takes away again from that one priority and i believe that when he says identity 
identifying that priority will come from understanding and admitting what that identity is. Otherwise, I'm all of these things, and i got to really make sure that none of these balls drop, and they will. Yeah. I think the line after that one was something about, you know, you can do one thing with more effect instead of a lot of things with side effects. And I think when we try to be all things to all people, um, you're gonna be failing with most people and you're probably gonna be failing your health and your stress and it just has a lot of side effects that we feel, but we don't always know how to respond to. So my question for everybody right now is, are you experiencing side effects (laughs) in your life right now? And this is why I want to bring this to you guys today is that, you know, this is the Model Health Show and we're talking about all aspects of health and a big part of that is you feeling that you're living your potential, you feeling that you are living your purpose, you know, whatever that might be for you, it's going to be unique to you, but we have to step into that because if you're not, if you're disconnected from that, there's inherently a stress factor just hovering over and and there's the undercurrent as well of your life you know it's like a whole i'm reading this book on physics right now it's a fantastic book by the way <laughs> <This guy. laughs> um but anyway so it's just understanding like this whole thing we're living and moving and having our being happening in this mess of stress and if you don't have your your sense of purpose and your sense of you know I, i'm doing the thing that i'm here to do it's it's a kind of a spiritual stressor, mm-hmm. you know, and I don't want to get too metaphysical because, of course, we're very, very science based. I love science. Hashtag science. <laughs> but the, the reality is we have to dial this part in. And what is that one thing? What is the one thing that can potentially if you lock in, it makes everything else work. And so, Jay, can you talk a little bit about that, about the domino idea? Yeah. And, you know, it's, the domino is a theme in our book. And we talk about lining up your dominoes. And hopefully everybody who's listening to this has at some point in their life lined up dominoes so that if they lined them up just so you could knock over one and get a bunch to fall down. And the idea is an admission that nobody wakes up and just has one thing to do every day. Right. You know, we have kids, we have parents, we have work and we have hobbies. We all have lots of stuff on our plate. But if we can pause a moment, identify the first domino, which is the metaphor for the priority, and it's truly a leveraged act, what will happen is by doing that one thing, we get a lot of impact from that, right? It's the 80-20. It's, you know, the 20% of what we do gives us 80% of our results. And by knocking out that first thing, we get all this momentum. And I often refer to this as the halo effect. You know, when people just start their day, which is the big, you know, for me, the big takeaway from the book is to launch your day with your number one priority for your health or for your work or wherever your focus is, that creates kind of a halo effect. Like, because you've now... I've done my most important work. It's almost like you get to coast through the rest of the day. It's it's really powerful when people live it. Wow. You know, let's let's transition this into the health and fitness arena, you know, yeah. because you're a, you're a surprisingly healthy guy considering all the all the stuff you've been through, you know, yeah, like sure. you've been from here to there and back, you know, and just Annie's amazing, amazing story. Yes. <laughs> the, t- the kids, right. this, the whole story, you know, and the same thing. It's me too. I'm surprisingly healthy as well. You know, if people look at the, the backstory, you know, we just talked about the the drive. <laughs> what do we call it? Drown down the strip. Right, right. The minefield. The minefield. Yes. <laughs> but so let's let's tie this into there. The one thing. How does this concept apply to that? All right, so like my journey, which is nothing compared to yours, but um, I ended up having back surgery in 2011. Um, Found out either it was a congenital defect. When the the doctor saw the x-ray, he asked if I'd been in a car wreck. 
because my spine just was not fixed. It was moving around. So I had a couple of vertebrae fixed together. But at that time, like whenever I spoke, they had to put a stool on stage because I couldn't stand for about more than 30 minutes. Um, If I walked around the block, I had to stop. I was in that much pain. And I ballooned up to about 245 pounds. And that's right, right, you know, after this is when we, you know, launched into this book. We're right in the middle of it. And I remember going, well, what's the one thing for my health? Because I don't want to be that guy who can't even play with his grandkids, much less my kids. Um, I wanted to have an active life. And so I hired a coach. Um, I hired a, a, a trainer. I could only afford to meet with her once a month. Um, but we started with portion control, um, so I could start losing weight and we just started lining up those dominoes. And she said, if you lose the weight, it'll be less stress. You know, we started like, what's the most impactful thing we can do? And we're going to put all of our cards in on that. And so when you go all in on one thing, and for me, that portion control, like I was still eating, like I was playing rugby in college. I thought I could eat as much as I wanted had that massive metabolism of an athlete. Well, that wasn't the case anymore for a 30 something. So I started with food um, and then worked my way up to exercise. I ended up with surgery, which I did everything in my power to avoid. But you look up today and my one thing for my health is three times a week. My wife and I get up at five, 10 in the morning. We have a trainer show up. We work out in our driveway, do a hardcore one hour workout. But when we do that, we tend to go running on the days in between. I eat better on those days. And so that becomes the thing we make our stand around. Um, We're gonna start our day with that healthy exercise and just having a little bit of accountability makes all the other dominoes fall into place. So that's the way it's played out for my health. And I think the reason I connected with you it's because we dove deep into this health thing. Like Gary's a freak about it. He loves you know, talking about health. And we identified that before diet, for most people, their problems, they're not getting enough sleep. Mm, and that's nice. why I read your book. You know, I was trying to line up those dominoes. If you could get the most impact and we took huge steps towards getting our sleep into place, which impacts our diet and our ability to exercise. So it's just a little bit of logic. It takes a few minutes to line them up and then you just focus on number one. That's all you do. Wow. There's so much there, you know, and it's like, (laughs) no, it's like knocking over dominoes because it leads right into the next thing, the next insight, the next revelation, Mm -hmm. the next aha moment. That's a good, generous, Jay. We wanted that. (laughs) You know, and and what I what I want to kind of compel everyone to do is to ask yourself that question. You know, what is the one thing for your health that would knock over all the other dominoes? You know, if it's like um, if I if I just had somebody who would be my accountability partner than everything else, you know, somebody that would be at the gym with me because that's my personality. I need somebody there. Or is it if I just had time to work out in the morning, whatever it is for you, you know, it's going to be unique to your life. But I'm going to venture to say it probably has something to do with the big pillars that we just talked about, which is sleep, nutrition, and your exercise, you know. So let's focus on locking one of those things down like a champ, all right? Mm -hmm. And we can start with food. You know, let's start with food and just say, you know, this is the one thing I'm going to focus on because Jay mentioned it. He had a, a personal trainer. He met with her once a month. Mm-hmm. All right. So it wasn't the That's trainer. Ford, man. I'm a writer. <laughs> <laughs> so it wasn't just the trainer kicking his butt. Whatever, Jay. Now, now, right, you right. know, but things are different now. But there's nobody kicking, kicking his butt every day or, yeah. you know, multiple times a week. It's just I focused on my getting my food dialed in. Mm-hmm. So 
make the commitment. Maybe it's that one thing is that I only eat real whole foods, you know, and I'm just going to yeah. do, you know, this next 30 days of just focusing on real whole foods, organic that I can recognize where they come from and just focus on that, you know, maybe do a little walking, whatever. Don't put too much stock into that. You know, that's what I'm going to ask you to do. What is the one thing? And so there's no excuses. You don't have to do 20, just the one thing. And another little side note here and how he just talked about the portion control. This is actually a surprising thing that people look past, and I don't talk about it enough because it's so, it, it's it's so it can be it, it's so unassuming. Okay. You know, it's so unassuming, especially when you're eating real food. It's kind of difficult to overeat, mm-hmm. but you can still do that if you're unconscious, yeah. right? And so, my beautiful first, let me let me say, let's go ahead and give me, her her props let me say right the now. Woman, oh, I just can't. Mm. Who are we talking about? I can't, about, even, I can't even. My wife. She's the bomb. I can't even say the words. We love her. Just. Mm, <laughs> oh, so uh, keep it amazing. I know. I'm just, that's with no words. So just a beautiful, beautiful, yes. amazing woman. And yes. she began, of course, you know, at some point, and I want, this is just taking us down a whole nother path. I don't want to get into today. We talked about this on past shows about body image Yeah, and just, uh, if she could see herself the way that I do, mm-hmm. you know, but mm-hmm. it's not, it's not chronic, you know, but there are those little moments. Of we course, do. everybody goes through, thing. especially women in it's our culture today. Yeah. And she starts to notice, like, I'm doing a lot of things right. What is it? And that that's when she'll finally ask me my opinion, <laughs> you know. <laughs> so people probably think if I live with Jean, right. if I knew Jean, it'd be, be yeah. yeah, it's not like that. It's not like that. So, and what she realized, it just came rushing in, like. I'm eating like all these boys in my house yep. because she's got me, mm-hmm. my son Jordan's Poor about thing. to be 16. He's like shoveling the food down mm-hmm. to, you mm-hmm. know, gain weight for sports. And my son Braden, he's just a beast in training, yep. you know. So she's eating like <laughs> she, us. Yeah, and she, she has just, no gender ally. All clicked in. And she, the thing is, <laughs> she likes to eat, yeah. you know, and she, that's one of the reasons I loved her. Mm-hmm. Like from day one, we went to the first restaurant. She wasn't shy. She was like, <laughs> I'll have two of those, you know, and it's like, oh yeah, yeah. So anyways, monitor that something like that that might be your one thing to monitor you know am I eating too much am I trying to eat to keep up with other people around me am I eating unconscious can I shift to mindful eating that would be my Mm -hmm. one thing to practice so Mm -hmm. thank you so much for sharing that Jay you know I mean but the simple solution is none of this is brain science first off like we've worked with hundreds if not thousands of people most people already know their one thing they're just and they feel kind of guilty for not doing it And so just acknowledging it, you know, I'm probably right. I don't need Sean to tell me this. My instincts are probably dead on and just committing to it. Like you've gotten the expert advice and making it happen. But my trainer, Nina, was her name. She was great. What she said to me was like, it's nothing complicated. I want you to stop eating on regular plates and start eating on a salad plate. And just filling up that plate as much as I could pile on, it was okay. But just changing the size of my plate changed how much food I was eating. Mm -hmm. Mm. And I think I lost 20 pounds just with that being the focus. Yeah. 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 You see, he's first thing he said was not brain science. But it is, Jay. Yeah. There is some brain science there. Well, that would take me to that part that we deal with, because I know we've got a lot of static and distractions. What makes first first? You know, we may know it subconsciously, but bringing that to surface. And so then I hear you say, well, what was first for me in health? So did health become the first one thing that was the first domino before the other areas of your life? Or do each of your areas of life have a first thing? What makes first 
first? Uh, great question. My favorite page in our book is page 114. And it's like I'm probably the only that. page I have memorized. The seven areas of your life that you would implement the one thing. Okay. You know, I don't need to, you know, what's the one movie I can stream on Netflix tonight, you know, that'll make everything better. Like that's trivial. But for your <laughs> spiritual health, for your physical health, for your personal life, your work, a business, if you own one, for your finances, we identified seven areas and we put them in order. And, you know, our first priority was your spiritual health. If you're not attending to that, it might be the biggest question that you haven't answered. And the second was health, because if you don't take care of your body, where are you going to live? I mean, all the other things that you want to do depend on this thing that we're carrying us around, right? Our body. And it affects our energy and our focus and our ability to be creative. So it's a real foundational thing, your health. But I encourage people to identify their one thing in each of those areas, but then just tackle one at a time. Awesome. Right? That, that's the whole yeah. key. Right? You can become a person of amazing habits, but just focus on that first habit. Maybe it's portion control. Maybe it's sleep. And do it until it's kind of ingrained. And in our book, without going any, you know, crazy on the stats, on average, that takes 66 days, a lot longer than most people give it. Mm. And you stick to something for a couple of months until it's kind of automatic, and then you add the next, and then you add the next. That's how those dominoes line up, and people look like Sean, right? I mean, Man. they look All like right. they're superhuman, but <laughs> that didn't happen overnight, right? It was a progression of habits that turned you into you know, someone who's like, you know, running a great show and changing the world of people's health. Wow. Yep. That's so good, man. And so, so good. And so and it, uh, we tend to overlook the basics, you know, because I think a lot of us, Jay, and I think you feel the same way. We're looking for that, that, that big thing, you know, that the silver bullet, the silver bullet. Yes. <laughs> we were looking for that pill. thing. That's just going <laughs> to take us over the, the top, that next new, you know, flashy thing when it's just, it really all boils down back to the basics. And guys, we're going to talk about some really great stuff. We're going to talk about multitasking. We're going to talk about some other cool things right after this break. So we'll be right back. Hey, everybody. With all of the things that we're exposed to today, the environmental toxicity, the weird stuff showing up in our food supply, we've got to do things to really support our immune system. Our immune system is really running the show on so many different levels to keep us healthy. And one of the most powerful things for supporting a healthy immune system is making sure that we're getting in some immunomodulators. So what does that mean? These are substances that can help to elevate our immune system in response to things that might be trying to creep their way into our body, into our cells, and defend us against those things. But it can also bring the immune system back down, calm it down if things are running too hot, aka we're dealing with some autoimmunity. We need things that are intelligent. Many drugs out there that are pushed through pharmaceutical companies, though they mean well, they push your immune system in one direction, and that can really mess things up on the back end, you know, leading to AKA side effects. So to avoid that, getting some natural immunoregulators are going to be a powerful thing you add into your life. How I do that, and it's been a consistent basis pretty much every single day for the past three months now, I've been using every day and even had it this morning, the incredible mushroom elixirs from Four Sigmatic. So head over to foursigmatic.com forward slash model. So that's F-O-R-S-I-G-M-A-T-I-C.com forward slash model. And you're going to get 10% off all these amazing superfood elixirs. My favorite is the chaga. And chaga has been clinically shown to increase your NK cell activity. So your natural killer cells over 300%. It's also the most powerful antioxidant that we've ever seen. 
in the history of humanity that humans actually consume. Powerful antioxidant, powerful anti-cancer, powerful immune system regulator. So that's what I use in the morning. I'll get some chaga and sometimes I'll have it straight or I'll blend it with some you know, hot water, some healthy fat. So this could be some ghee, this could be some grass-fed butter, this could be some coconut oil, some MCT oil, things like that. A little bit of cinnamon, maybe some other fun medicinal herbs you can throw in there. But this has been the daily thing that I've done for the past few months. And I highly recommend you start doing the same thing. They also have the mushroom coffees. And my wife is a big fan of these. And so the mushroom coffee mix has cordyceps and chaga in there. And today she ran out. She was like, where's my coffee? Ever since we've been together, she hasn't been a coffee drinker, but this has been her daily thing. She loves the way it makes her feel. And she doesn't get some weird kind of caffeine spike and crash as well. So head over and check them out. Foursigmatic.com forward slash model for 10% off. Now back to the show. And we are back. Everybody, thank you so much for joining us today. We're talking with Jay Pabazan, co-author of the hit best-selling book, The One Thing, and having a great time. And, you know, we were having a little mini conversation, uh, and, I, and I realized that when you focus on that one thing, sometimes it's going to show up differently. You know, it's going to come in different, in different clothes sometimes, but just keep moving forward. Uh-huh. All right. So there's a story. When I was a kid, <laughs> I really wanted this particular pair of shoes. Pumas were popping at the time. Right. And so I really wanted some Pumas. And that was my one thing. That and was I was it. focused. It had to be that. But my mom, who had this interesting quality of buying me not exactly the thing I wanted. <laughs> uh, my mom, she got me instead of the Pumas that I wanted. She got me some Panthers. Yes, sir. All right. They were they were <laughs> Panthers. All right. No kidding. They were actually called Panthers. And they had like, it didn't look like a Puma, but it looked like an alley cat. This is a true story. I, I just accidentally stepped in a bucket of paint when I had them on, you know. <laughs> so I had to get rid of them, you know. Again, true story. Oh, and that's one of those moments when you realize that moms always know. Mm-hmm. She just looked at me oh, like, yeah. Hmm, yeah, you stepped in, in, in paint, huh? That's a good thing to bring up, though, is that what if we're focused on our one thing isn't the right thing? Mm. No, it's, that's, that's the thing. And I think Jay can speak to this, actually. Um, we know. We always know it's it's built into the system, but we get caught up in what other people's is. I, we call them borrowed desires, you know, what other people are doing, what other people say is the thing that you really want or should have. Instead of just tuning in, just taking some time and listen to your own inner voice. Mm-hmm. And that's what he said. Like the pillar, the, the number one thing was that spiritual health. Right. You know, we haven't we haven't really dug in and talked about that enough and how important that is. And so if you could chime in on that one, Jay. Well, you know, it, uh, it's fundamentally a business book, right? But it's an approach that applies to everything. And our, you know, kind of hypothesis that we think through our five years of research proved true is that when you find someone who's incredibly productive, that they're working from their priorities, right? And that's the whole idea of the book, the priorities. But underlying that is purpose. And that, that connotes to your spiritual health. And companies that have a sense of purpose, and people that have a sense of purpose usually are more driven to stick to those things that matter most. And um, it, that's just huge for me is when you connect, why is this important to me to have Pumas instead of Panthers, right? <laughs> I don't know if that was your one thing or not. Only you could know if that was really your one thing. But what that does for you when you internalize that and understand the cost of not getting it, a lot of times you can differentiate because when someone says this is my one thing and they, they do their big one thing like for their life, I'll say, great. What will that do for you when you achieve it? And there's usually a really positive affirmative statement there. And I say, well, great. 
if I told you you were going to fail, how does that make you feel? And people who have no emotion, they're like, ah, you know, I'd go on to the next thing. That's not their one thing. That yeah. usually is about someone else's expectations or just something that would be nice. But when you ask someone and you say, well, if you failed, how would you feel? When people actually contemplate that and internalize that, you'll see tears in their eyes. Mm -hmm. They'll think about the cost of that failure because it connects to that spiritual person. And their one thing could be really surprising. You know, I've got um, a couple of tattoos of a domino on each arm. And it reminds me that my one thing, incredibly cheesy, is to be first a, f a husband and second a father. Mm. And when I do those jobs right, everything falls into place. Right. And I connect that to my work and my health. I'm like, how can I raise two kids and teach them horrible lessons about sleep and health? Mm. And when I get up at 5.10 and I don't wanna get out of bed, I'm thinking, what's awesome is that when I finish my workout, I put a towel around my neck and then I go wake up my kids. And every morning they're waking up and seeing me role modeling a behavior that I hope they'll take in their life. Wow. Not pushing it, but I'm role modeling it. Yeah. And so the cost of failure to me is something I never want to pay. So that is a huge thing, right? You, you've nailed it, Sean. You, you, that identity, that spiritual thing, that's why it's the first domino. When you connect it to who you are and the price is too much to pay to fail, you're, you can really become unstoppable. That's how you stay focused on it and don't get distracted. So good, man. And on that note, and I, just everybody, just really, I want to take a, take that in, but um, just to shift gears a little bit. Yeah. There, because of the distraction, man, because there's so much going on, we tend to fall into this idea of multitasking. Mm -hmm. And you've got some really interesting thoughts on that. So can you share some of that? Yeah. When you have too much on your plate, right? One of the first things we do is like, well, I'll just do two things at once. <laughs> and it, there's a huge cost that people don't understand. Um, there's a guy named Clifford Nass, and I like to share his story because he was a scientist at Stanford, and he was reading all these articles about multitasking and how awesome you had to be and you know how people who multitask were better in the workplace, blah, 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 blah. And there was no science at that time. But he's like, man, I stink at this. So he actually designed a study, not to discover that multitasking was bad, but he wanted to figure out how they were so good at what they did. So he got, I think, like 200 graduate students in a room and half of them, you know, raised their hand and said, I'm an awesome multitasker. And he called them high taskers. And half of them were like him. They're like, I'm not good at multitasking. You know, I'm kind of more of a focus guy. And so half and half. And he gave them a battery of tests, like six different tests, including a test of actually how well they multitasked. And they were absolutely floored by the findings. And the quote in the New York Times, I'll paraphrase it, but basically multitaskers are suckers for irrelevancy. They were lousy at everything. And to their shock and surprise, the low taskers, the people who said they weren't any good, outperformed the high multitaskers on every single test, including one of multitasking. And so when we think we're being more effective, looking at our phone while we're driving or, you know, having Twitter pop up on our screen when we're supposed to be working, what we're really doing is fooling ourselves. Yeah. Um, there's evidence like from another study that didn't even make it into the book that, you know, they did a test of IQs when people were multitasking and they had three groups, people who took an IQ test that were focused one that was multitasking, they were answering phone calls and emails while they took an IQ test. And the other group was stoned, I mean stoned. And what shocked people wasn't that the people who were focused scored 11 points higher than the other two groups, is that the multitaskers were six IQ points higher than the people who were stoned. Mm. 
Yeah. So it makes you ineffective. It dumbs down your work. And it, it and frankly, it leaves a lot of loose ends because when you switch to something else, the longer you stay switched to that secondary thing, the less likely you are to get back to the first thing, which to me says loose ends. And I don't know about you, but that stresses me out. It so does. it's just all around a bad recipe. Bad rest. Nobody wants a bad recipe. Mm-mm. All right. You know, it's so funny that I just pulled up this study while you were talking before you mentioned it, because uh, it doesn't directly talk about this in the book. But I was aware of this study a long time ago um, is research at the Institute of Psychiatry at the University of London. And they studied 1,100 workers at a British company and found that multitasking with, with electronic media caused a greater decrease in IQ than smoking weed or, yeah. or losing an entire night's sleep. What? Wow. Are you kidding me? That yeah. it, it doesn't even make any rational sense to us because we're so used to doing two things at once and just or three or four mm-hmm. things when we're doing all of these very poorly. And this is speaking to the faculty that we have as human beings is our ability to concentrate and execute and to get stuff done. It's built into our into our biology, actually. You know, yeah. there was specialization. There was that chunking that we talked about. And we'll put a put a link to that episode when I really dove in and talked about productivity in the entire show. Um, but it depended on the entire survival yeah. of your tribe or, and of, yeah. of course yourself for you to pay attention, mm-hmm. to execute on that job or lose your life. Mm-hmm. That's not, it's not that much different. And so we're wired up like that. And now just in the last couple of decades, we can multitask. And just imagine when we've got genes that have evolved for this thing and now we're doing this thing and we're fooling ourselves. And I love how you orchestrate that and talk about that in the book. You know, just, you know, to highlight that a lot of people are listening to this and going, there's no way I can stop multitasking. Right. Because like most people, they do it all day long. And what I usually do is take people immediately off the hook. And I just say, look, when you identify your first domino, what I want you to do is just don't multitask when you're doing your first domino. Nice. For everything else, I really don't care. But like, if you were a surgeon, you couldn't multitask in surgery. If you were a pilot, you couldn't multitask in the cockpit. Like when lives are at stake, they legally won't let you do it. And I would say that when you're doing your one thing, there is a life at stake and it's yours. Mm -hmm. And so treat it like that, treat it just as seriously. So for this one hour, right, I'm just gonna be focused. And I'll, I'll give myself a break for the rest of the day. And I find that when people just start with one thing, imagine that, they actually see the difference and go, wow, maybe I need to take a break from social media. Maybe I need to create more periods like this um, because it can be a little addictive because you actually get stuff done. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Imagine Funny that. how that works. And yeah. so and you go home on time instead of staying late. Right. Yeah. I mean, it just the, there's a repercussions that roll out that we don't even connect to multitasking. Yeah. Yeah. And this, again, just a quick little commercial here to check out the one thing. Make sure you get a copy of this book. (laughs) I think it's super essential today. But uh, let's talk a little bit about willpower. Mm -hmm. This concept that we have of willpower, which there's a lot of science around willpower. And it's basically our ability to do the thing with our prefrontal cortex, you know, the part of our brain responsible for decision making, distinguishing between right and wrong. That part of your brain that actually apparently can get a little bit taxed. So share your insights about willpower. Does, does time affect it? You know, like, is my willpower better after I make a, made a bunch of decisions in the day? Let's talk about willpower. <laughs> well, yeah, it's your willpower is really your ability to say yes to what you need to do. And it's also saying no to everything else. So if I'm on a diet, you know, it takes willpower for me to say yes to carrot sticks and hummus. 
drinks. But it also took willpower for me to say no to nachos and beer, right? Mm. Those are two separate decisions I made when I ordered, and they both took my willpower. And what's crazy is that our willpower drops rapidly. And they've measured this. When you make a decision, they can measure your glucose in your bloodstream before and after, and it will drop measurably. And so they, a lot of people call this decision-making stamina. That's why like Steve Jobs wore the same clothes every day. So he didn't lose any of that in his closet before he got to the office, right? So we try to teach people, if your decision-making is that fragile, right? Um, you give people a willpower test and one group got to replenish the glucose, right? After 30 minutes, they literally were given lemonade with sugar. And the other group was given lemonade with the artificial sweeteners. For the next 30 minutes, the people who replenish their willpower, and sugar is not the way we're gonna advise them to do this, right? They perform 50% better. So in the space of 30 minutes, you can drain this thing down that allows you to focus on things. And I tell you, it, it, it's a fundamentally a nutrition issue, mm. right? So if it's about your glucose, are you eating the kinds of foods that will break down over time? And this is where you can jump in and, and help give better advice. But I usually tell people, you know, you want to make sure that you have the fuel in your system to, to fuel your, your willpower. And it tends to be best in the morning. And so I tell people, start in the morning when your willpower tends to be at its highest and make sure that you're refreshing it throughout the day. Yes. So I eat a healthy breakfast. At 10 o'clock, I've got a bowl with power bars and apples by my desk. Um, at noon, I'll have a healthy lunch. I'll have a snack at 2 o'clock in the afternoon. Instead of getting coffee, I'll try to refuel my willpower so that I can sustain it throughout the day. And, you know, we were talking, you know, before this about my daughter, Veronica. She's 10 years old. I, this was a huge aha for me because when she was a child, we were doing this research. Parents, right, have known this forever. They just didn't connect the dots. Around three o'clock, what do kids get at school? Snack. They get a snack, right? You give a child a snack because they've used up all their willpower standing in line and sitting still in their desk. You know, it's a snack or a nap, depending on how old they are. <laughs> but they're replenishing their willpower so they can behave again. And I'm like, wow, like we, we've known this intuitively, but we don't act on it for ourselves. So to me, it, willpower is a nutrition issue. Wow, mm -hmm. that's so powerful. And so that... That study was in the Journal of Personality and Social Psychology and found that using our willpower, those decisions that we make, actually starts to drain and drops your blood sugar. You know, as mm -hmm. crazy as it sounds, because that part of your brain is very expensive to run, mm -hmm. you know, your prefrontal cortex. And this is what we've seen, and I've talked about this as well many times on the show, but also excited in Sleep Smarter, that when we're sleep deprived just one night, there's a 6% reduction in glucose reaching your brain. And 14% of that is from your prefrontal cortex. So... The Ooh. biggest section of your brain that's losing that energy is the part of your brain responsible for your willpower. All right. So sleep deprivation, nutrition, so important. And so with the food, it's really is boils down to very simple things is we want to avoid the crash, sure. you know, and so we don't want to eat super high glycemic foods that are going to shoot up our blood sugar get a huge insulin response to kind of go in and try to clean that up. And then we go hypoglycemic after that. And we're just experiencing the up and down. And that's what's really going to drive a lot of people to the energy drinks and the coffee and that kind of thing, because you get so taxed simply from not eating foods that are, that are more balanced. And so obviously high quality fats, mm -hmm. super important stuff here. You know, fats, if we look at the breakdown of energy, you know, there's nine calories per gram of energy in fats. Okay. Four grams per calorie in protein 
and also in carbohydrates. So there's more energy in fats, mm-hmm. all right? And they're, they're, they're much more satiating, so it's harder to eat a lot of them. You, chances are, well, it depends. Right? It depends. <laughs> but chances are caveat. you're not going to go ham on some ham. Right? You're not going <laughs> right. to be able to eat that much of it versus donuts. Yeah. You know, like I've, wow, I've yeah. crushed a box of donuts. <laughs> you box. know, yeah. there was only, you know, powder left behind, mm-hmm. you know, this is a crime mm-hmm. scene. But, you know, if you're eating some dense proteins or, you know, uh, healthy fats, you know, especially making sure there's a good uh, ratio of healthy fats and proteins. But not that carbohydrates are bad. We just have to be more intelligent about this stuff. Sure, sure. Right? And like you said on uh, w- the ways to supercharge our breakfast, starting our days with that, like Jay mentioned, yes. yeah. you can set the tone of your metabolism, of your digestion, and of your appetite by having that work out. He described his breakfast and mm-hmm. it lined up exactly with yeah. what you said in it's that not episode. An accident. Right. You know, I just had somebody contact me and they've been struggling with their energy through the day and they had to keep on eating Mm -hmm. because they were having a green smoothie in the morning but it was they also had honey in there Mm -hmm. they had a whole banana or some you know mango in there whatever just kind of there was too much sugar even though it's healthier you know options this is natural fruits things like that but it's it's still going to turn the glucose in the blood and you're going to get the crash and then you're going to have to eat again so yeah so it's like a game changer show notes too but then a word to parents that with our children, I'm glad Jay mentioned that they may get a snack at three because they're depleted. But if they're starting out uh, from a deficit, right. they're going to have a tough time through the so day. Let this be the call to action for every parent listening. Yeah. Make sure that you handle breakfast like a champ. Mm-hmm. Start mm-hmm. them off right, just like us. I told them veggies for breakfast. We tried to like actually get protein powder in my daughter's orange juice. Like she just is one of those people who just won't doesn't want to eat in the morning. And now she'll eat nuts and fruit and just we're trying to get some complex carbohydrates and protein in her so that she can be a good student during the day. Yeah. And with my son, it's not a struggle. Like, you know, you put the fruit in front of him and it disappears. For whatever <laughs> reason, my daughter it was more of a struggle, but we made a stand around that breakfast because when she does eat a healthy breakfast, we hear from her teacher. She performs so much better during the day. It's it. I love what you just said. That it's huge for parents. Sure, and yeah. she probably feels better too. I mean, that goes along with it. In order for them to perform, they're they're going into this thing we were talking about in the beginning with identity, and she probably yeah. doesn't feel like she stinks in math like I'm like my kid does. You know. Well, how many adults do we know that just have coffee for breakfast? Yes, sir. True. And And I'm not talking about intermittent fasting, which I think (laughs) might be an an exception to this rule because of the MCE powders and they're actually getting their their energy from. uh, I'll let Sean explain that, but I I (laughs) dove into that at some level. But I know a lot of people, they just start their day with caffeine and sugar. Mm -hmm. Right. And that's a really tough way. You know, we wouldn't let our kids do that, but we allow ourselves to do it. And that's just like a theme in my life is like, if I won't let my kids do this, why do I allow myself to do it? Yes. You know, and um, we see this consistently. This is why it would be so easy to not even think about grabbing that donut at the office, you know, when it rolls around. And uh, recently, yeah, recently and rewatched. Right. Oh, irony. Yeah. The irony is thick. Uh, but I recently. You're funny even when you don't mean to be. I love <laughs> it. Accidentally funny. So I recently rewatched Blue Streak mm-hmm. with Martin Lawrence. I don't know if you remember this I movie do, where he's the diamond thief. Right. But then he infiltrates and becomes, you know, portrays himself as a police officer. And uh, he's really getting into it and he's helping crack all these cases on accident. And uh, he was just so in the flow that he put his hand on the donut and then he's like, oh, man, wait a minute. 
I'm not really this, you know, this isn't really my life, you know, because if people walk by grabbing the donuts, uh-huh. but as I digress, great movie, but Dave Chappelle, example, actually. Dave Chappelle's in there, Oh yeah, he's a baby, <laughs> listen baby, fantastic performances, so, um, but here's the thing, you know, when, with all of these things that we're talking about today, so many amazing insights, I think that there's still this underlying uh, reductionist perception we have of ourselves, and uh, something that he talks about in the book is very important, it's called megaphobia, mm. And let's just talk about it, Jay. Share, share the insights here because I think it's really important. Yeah, we, we made up the word megaphobia, fear of big, because one of my goals is to get a, a word in the dictionary, right, that I created. But it's a real thing in the sense that a lot of people fear big for their own lives. And it's crazy. Um, you know, you, they look up and they have this inner dialogue that they're not meant to be wealthy. They're not meant to be healthy. And it, it might have started when they were a kid and they got this fixed mindset about what they were capable of. And I remember our publisher, you know, was like, this is a business book. You know, like, do people really struggle with thinking big? They buy these books. And we're like, yes. They do, absolutely, and it will surprise you. Like even if they start getting down the path and they're making, they're building great habits, there's momentum they can build up and they'll look up one day and go, holy cow, I'm suddenly about to be able to run a marathon or whatever, and they'll shut down because they're afraid of big. Mm-hmm. And so it's a huge thing to get past. And so what we try to encourage people to do is just to have a little bit more faith in what's possible for them. Like when we're kids, we're ignorant. Right. And ignorance is bliss in this case. They don't know what they're capable of. So they just try everything and don't judge themselves for it. And there's tons of research that, you know, it's called a growth mindset. If you've have read that great book, um, Mindset, and I'm trying to think of the doctor's name, but it's this idea that we're humans that are evolving. Like we didn't show up with fixed abilities. And, and when we push our abilities is when they actually grow. So if you don't allow yourself to think big, you're going to pick a path that's going to have worse models, worse systems. You're going to have worse relationships because they're all aimed at a lower goal. But if you pick an exceptional goal, you're going to pick relationships and models for how you eat, how you function, how you do things that are aiming at a bigger path. And those will be the things that actually power you there. So the decision not to think big has massive consequences. And so we just encourage people, get past this idea that you might fail. That's what success looks like. It's a lot of failure. Mm-hmm. But you learn from it and you keep going forward. That's a part of the formula. Yes. It is. Mm-hmm. There's nobody who succeeded their way to success. It just doesn't oh, happen. Yes, I love that. Wow. Oh, man. Nobody has succeeded their way to success. <sighs> I got it. I'm so that deserves yeah. a smoke, my phone? A, a smoke yeah. and a pancake. That's so good. <laughs> and a Listen. So, and by the way, the name of that book was uh, Mindset, and that was Carol Dweck. Yes, the author. thank you. You're I welcome. Love that book. You're welcome. And by the way, I mentioned another book earlier, you guys. If you're interested in reading the book I mentioned on physics, it's Seven Brief Lessons in on Physics. Oh yeah, let me put that in my yeah, my uh, it's, uh, wish list. No, this is for everybody. You know, and how yeah. the universe is constructed in a very uh, approachable way the way that I like to describe things sure. you know so a fantastic book and man there's great, so right. many great nuggets there and I this is one this is probably the big so speaking of big big reason that I'm so grateful to have you on the show is mm-hmm. to get this conversation going yet again on how we put this ceiling on ourselves and how we limit ourselves and not really understanding the only limits that we have are the ones that we create in our own minds you know and there are so many different aspects where we are playing small 
And I think one of the greatest things we could do, and I, and I make this a practice now, I've dedicated that every six months, I'm going to sit down and, and analyze things and think, where am I thinking small? You know, because my vision has grown yeah. exponentially as we go to different levels. But I don't want to get close to the level, then realize, wait a minute, I've been, I can do 10x this. Mm-hmm. You know, so yep. and start off right now out of the gate, 10x your vision. You know, think about that thing that you really want to target and what would it look like on that 10x scale. And um, believing in big is what you guys call it. Believe in big. And I think it's so important. And I, it's a call to everybody today. Please. Start to take those limits off, take those blinders off and realize that you have so much more potential that you can tap into. But here's the deal. You need to focus on that one thing to do it. (laughs) You know, if you do that, you will get yourself there. And and on that note, I've got one more thing I want to ask you about while I have you here, man. It's so great to, uh, to talk with you all the time. Obviously, you're an amazing guy and just great, great insights, guys. But uh, there's another thing you guys talk about, which is the idea of the focusing question. Right? Yep. So talk a little bit about what that is and why questions are so vital to our success. Um, it, what's great is the story behind this. You know, Gary was coaching some of the top people in our industry. And, you know, coaching calls typically you have 30 minutes on the phone with your coach and you agree what you're going to do between now and the next call, like the next week. And he noticed this pattern that these really amazing business people were doing some of the things on the list, but not the most important thing. And out of frustration, he started saying, you know, well, Sean, if you can only do three things this week, what are they going to be? And then if you can only do two things and it was really he got kind of angry finally and just said because they were doing you know two of the three things but not the number one and he goes look if you can only do one thing between now and next week what are you going to do to move the ball forward and something kind of amazing happened when there's no place to hide right it's yes or no did you do it because there's only one thing to do there's only one thing on the list everybody started doing it and when they started doing that thing they started automatically doing all the other stuff and their businesses started catapulting forward. So this question you know, and evolved from about 1996 to today. And so the focusing question reads like this. What's the one thing I can do such that by doing it, everything else will be easier or unnecessary? And it's a, it's a very big question, right? It's, it's what you can do right now today but it's also gonna make a lot of other things happen. Everything's gonna be easier or necessary. It's a long line of dominoes. And we believe, and you know, it's the Aladdin factor, you know, it's, this is an old idea, but the size of your answers is gonna be dependent on the size of the questions you ask your life. And so this is a question that Gary has worked on for years and years with, in his coaching and consulting, and it's a big question. You're looking for the number one thing. And we found that people are really good at, when you ask it that way, of coming up with their answer. So that's the big idea. Ask bigger questions of your life. And the focusing question is one that we're just supplying with the book so that you can get bigger answers for your life. So thankful for you and this work. Ah. Jay, (laughs) this has been amazing. And so many nuggets of wisdom for everybody to take take away and of course to apply you know we're very big on action here what is something we can implement today and i love that focusing question hopefully you're taking a second to write that down or of course get the one thing and it's sprinkled throughout the book but uh in a big complex way as well in the book you can uh, highlight that one but or just hit rewind mm-hmm. hit that little that little button that little circle button it goes back 15 30 seconds. seconds yes you know 30 15 hit it a couple <laughs> times write that one down that mm-hmm. focusing question because i think that can be a 
huge catalyst to knocking over those dominoes? You know, what is the one thing that's going to be the catalyst that makes everything else work Mm -hmm. or make everything else irrelevant if you do that one thing? And we all have the capacity to do that. And just so grateful for you sharing your wisdom today, man, coming on. Can you let everybody know where they can connect with you and where they can find the one thing? Um, all things about me and the one thing are at the one thing.com with the number one. So the number one thing.com, um, they can connect with me there. I'm on all of my own social media accounts. So if they send me a question, I will do my best to respond within a day or so. Love it. Fantastic. Love it. Thank you so much, Jay. Everybody, thanks so much for having me guys. Hey, it's my absolute really? pleasure, man. Uh, everybody, thank you so much for tuning into the show today. It's, it's been a real pleasure to have Jay on and share this with you guys. And I hope this is a catalyst to a new day, you know, a new track for your life. And hopefully you've got some some great homework to go and apply, you know, because we don't want to walk around again. I'm going to say this. We don't want to walk around being human filing cabinets, you know, like I know a bunch of stuff. Mm-hmm. Right. You want to be somebody who turns that that information into actual knowledge, which knowledge is not power. Knowledge applied is power. So apply this to really get clear because we've got to stop pining away and wasting our days. Our greatest resource is our time, all right? That is your greatest resource. And you want to leverage that and take advantage of this opportunity that you have. You were put here to make a dent in the universe. I know this. And in your own special, unique way. And you're not going to be doing that if you're constantly multitasking, which is taking you down to the level of being super high, Mm -hmm. like Method Man high, (laughs) Snoop Dogg, uh, Willie Nelson sandwich high. All right. Or (laughs) uh, or or worse, you know, and uh, sleep deprived, all these different things, because we're trying to do too many things. And if you just execute on that one thing, get a nice chunk in the day. That doesn't mean you don't have other things to do. I understand that. But focus on that one thing every day. Give it its just time and investment. And then you can multitask out or whatever, you know, but don't sacrifice that one thing for all these other random things. And so thank you so much for tuning into the show today. And I'm going to leave you with this wonderful quote that he shared. The size of your answers is going to depend on the size of your questions. So don't be afraid to ask big questions. Be courageous. Ask the big questions. All right. Because the answer is already within you. All right. It's like the it's the oak mm-hmm. inside of that acorn. Yeah. All right. There's an entire oak tree and that tiny thing, mm-hmm. you know, that the answer is there within the question. So be courageous to ask those big questions and focus on your one thing. Thank you so much for tuning into the show. Got much, much more to come. Amazing shows, amazing guests. We're gonna have a good time. I appreciate you so much. Take care. And I'll talk with you soon. And make sure for more after the show, you head over to theshawnstevensonmodel.com. That's where you can find the show notes. And if you've got any questions or comments, make sure to let me know. And please head over to iTunes and give us a five-star rating and let everybody know that our show is awesome and you're loving it. And I read all the comments, so please leave me a comment there. And take care, everybody. promise to keep giving you more powerful, empowering, great content to help transform your life. Take care. 